On this week's show, cup winners last year and hoping to build this time around. We hear from Margate player assistant manager Ben Greenhall. We've learned a lot of things about each other. We've we've worked on some style of play, and and actually I think everyone's bought into it. I think everybody is going to be on the same wavelength, which is good. A big season ahead for Ramsgate. Ben Smith is the new man in charge at Southwood, and he's got high hopes too. I've got a good budget, right? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. I've got a good budget. All from the outside will go. Oh, you know, he's under pressure, and I've seen it on social media. That's not pressure. Pressure is trying to keep a club in the league, no money. And so far, so good for Marcel Namani and Whitstable Town. He tells us all about their perfect start to the new campaign. For us to go there and get the result that we did is very pleasing. And I was even more pleased on uh, on Saturday against Table Seed with the performance. I felt that we were worthy winners, both in possession and off possession. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Nonley Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. Uh, we're really cooking on gas now as we get ready for the final lot of our teams to start their season, and we'll be hearing from two of them, plus a scaffold side with two impressive wins to start their campaign over the next hour or so. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who at the weekend added ridiculously bright blue to the list of colours of beers that I've now drunk. And on the line now is a man who had a lucky escape after promising to do anything we asked him to if Dave won on Saturday. It's Matt Gerard. White's aside. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Good. Talking about Sandwich Town Youth, got a message from um, good friend and sponsor Nick. Only the beast, Ariakin Fenwa, bigging them up on social media. Fantastic. So, if we say to Nick, can we get the beast to say, as he's played, Kent non-league football, let's sort of shout out to Kent non-league football. If Nick can arrange that, even better. But, Sandwich Town Youth going. I know they've got a few games this week. Good luck for that. But now the beast is back at them, mate. The, the world is their oyster. Absolutely. That's great news uh, for them. Uh, I suppose you're a bit uh, demob happy, aren't you? Not long to your to your summer break. Yeah. Summer break this uh, on Sunday. So, yeah. Again, we're going away as the weather improves. But uh, it should be nice and warm where we're going. Yeah. Look, happy. Yeah. Looking forward to, to a nice bit of a break. Um the kids are excited, so it should be a thing. Unfortunately, I've had a couple of punches this week, plus a car needed a service. So if I wanted to go out there and drink champagne and eat caviar, I'd be just uh, having water and burgers because uh, I'm skinned now. You, you say about the weather improving. I hear that this weekend's going to be an absolute washout. So Saturday's well, going to be have, absolutely horrific. We, we have had a conversation in the office because some people's going camping down at Dover. And one of the ladies said, oh, it's going to chuck it down and he said it wasn't but yeah but you're normally quite reliable John so I'm thinking it's going to rain again then well I wouldn't say I'm reliable but um we're going on a on a, a little cruise along a uh, the River Thames on the weekend so right. I'm hoping that's not a washout um so yeah that'll be uh, yeah. all right now before we get on with the show I do I've got something that I meant to bring up last week and I want to bring up this week um and now we normally talk about the nonsense at the end of the show um but I discovered something the other day that has made me laugh a lot so, you know the song Stacey's Mum by Fountains of Wayne? Matt, are you familiar with that? Stacey's of... Mum. Got it yeah. going on, that one, yeah. That's the one, yeah. So, uh, there's a comedian who I found online. I think his name's Will King. And he's done, like, a parody of this. And he's pointed out that there are some things seriously wrong with this. Um, if You really should look it up. But basically, the, the chorus now goes, um, Stacey's Mum should put some clothes on. Um, Stacey, can't you see? This could be a felony. Uh, I know it's just a song, but something's wrong with Stacey's mum. And and he points out in one of the verses, if this was a fella and a, and a 12, 13-year-old girl, there'd be all sorts of problems. But why do we accept it as being OK? Because it's a woman. 
Good point. That, what's that? Early two thousands. That song is it? Yeah, about two thousand two, two thousand three. Yeah. Um, the world's yeah. changed since then, John. It has. For the better. You've never, uh, all I'm going to say to our gentleman listeners: if you've never seen the video for Stacey's mum. I'd look it up. Uh, anyway, it's our 259th episode this week. And according to a global study released in 2018, that is the number of people who died between 2011 and 2017 in their, quote, quest for extreme selfies. I'd probably imagine that number has gone up in the intervening period as well with TikTok and all that. Uh, the A259 is also a road that goes all the way from Folkestone to Emsworth in Hampshire. And I actually drive along a section of it every single time that I leave my flat, as it's the main road at the end of my road. What a fun fact, eh? I've got uh, a the couple 80... of facts on that, John. Well, finish your bit off, and a couple of your Go facts have got some bit add to it, these, yeah. Okay, the A259 has also got the godforsaken section that goes along Brighton seafront. Uh, Brighton has been voted the worst city in England to drive around. And from my experience, that is a very, very well-deserved title. Matt Gerrard. Right, first of all, on the selfie front, we were discussing this in the office the other day. Apparently, somebody climbed up a massive building, don't know where it was, took the selfie out and fell. There's a video yeah. of one of these crazy things and actually killed themselves. So there was, that it does go on, but oh, I couldn't think anything worse falling from a great height. I don't like heights as it is, but yeah, yeah apparently the, the camera survived. Unfortunately, the poor person didn't. And secondly, another boring fact, went out for a, um, a Turkish last night with a couple of friends and guy I know uh, relatively well, big crew Alexandra fan. And he, one of his things to do, he wants to travel on all the A roads, what, what his year of birth is. So he's 36. So he goes on the A35 and he plans his holidays around this. Wow. <laughs> he's he's a really nice guy, but he, yeah, yeah. So is he? And we, I, 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 my, as you know, my um, uh, getting a, my, I've got no sense of direction anyway, so I, I didn't know where the A thirty six or whatever it is. But yeah, he plans his holidays and makes sure he drives the whole length of that road. And I think his next one, he'll be thirty eight, and apparently that's all the way from Bodmin to Mansfield. So that, that yeah, is, the A38 is yeah, the A38 is, is a long road. Yeah, because I've driven on that when I lived over in Bristol. So yeah, it does go all the way. Yeah, that's going to be quite. But he will plan his whole holiday, making sure he drives the whole long. And that is so. I, I was quite well, but you know, there you go. Useless fact of the day. But and apparently, there's a lot of people who do that. If you go on YouTube, as he said. Wow. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, Heads I up, really stuff, what, by the way. Yeah. Um, OK, uh, let's hope he doesn't get to 259 because he won't enjoy that ride. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's get on with the show. And it's the start of the Eastman League this weekend uh, with some big games coming up for our sides. We've got four teams to worry about in the Eastman Premier Division this season. After Chatham Town joined Cray Wanderers, Folkestone and Margate in the third tier. Uh, we're going to start by hearing from the latter of those. It's been a frustrating few years for Gayton. Stability is surely the key for them this season. Uh, they finished the last campaign with a trophy under Reese Prestige and have strengthened well this summer. To explain that was all shaping up, Matt spoke to player assistant manager Ben Greenhill. Yeah, it seemed, I think we probably went back a little early as well, um, just because we're quite a new team. And we wanted to uh, have some extra sessions of working on certain things and gelling together, which has definitely been effective. But I think over the last couple of weeks, the sort of agenda seems to be we want to get into the into the main action now and want to want to play a game for three points. Obviously, it was difficult to see all Conference South, Conference Prem play, and we've got one more friendly, um, which was obviously planned in our minds. But um, it's, it's the week leading up to it now, and we're looking forward to it. How do you think pre-season's gone? You scored a lot of goals. Um, you think the, the side has been gelling? It's been yellow. Yeah, it's, it's 
it's probably gelled better than I imagined. Um, we've learned a lot of things about each other. We've we've worked on some style of play, and and actually, I think everyone's bought into it. I think everybody is going to be on the same wavelength, which is good. Regarding pre-season itself, we probably didn't manage to get the right teams out every single game because obviously it's pre-season. You look, you've, you've got to mix and match. You've got to give trialists a go. You've got to give players coming in an opportunity. You've got to give young players a go, which we managed to get plenty of the academy and, and the under-23s involved as well. So it's been brilliant on that department, uh, but there's probably only really been one or two games where we've, we've looked at a sort of reasonably strong 11, uh, which we take into the season. So that's something that I'm looking forward to getting going from here onwards. So even though you, you, you think... As pre-season's gone by, you think you knew what your best eleven would be and start the first game on Saturday? Probably not quite eleven. I think we always knew where we were at regarding our squad, um, regarding certain players. And there was a couple of positions that were always up for grabs, always worth fighting for. Um, and a couple of minds may have been changed in certain things. But I think what we definitely are this year, and I'm sure everyone can see, is we've, we've got very experienced 11, 12, 13 players. And then we've got quite young, hungry players who are sort of who have come into the squad, who are new to the squad, and so we're obviously going to fight for that position as well. And want to start every week, and and the competition is going to be ideal. And so far, we've got a brilliant change room. We've got a brilliant atmosphere in the change room. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to everybody playing their part. Your, your background is in academy football. Um, just generally where you are at Dartford, what's the quality of young footballers around in Kent like? Would you say? In Kent, it's, it's between us and Dover where I think the, the real strength is and that may be harsh on other places but that's the bottom line is it's us and Dover that compete every year, year in, year out um, in terms of, I think, progressing players as well. We, I mean, we worked out the other day we've, we've seen 48 players go since our time being here in terms of pushing them on after their third year and we've got 46 that are still playing step five and above. So... It's it's definitely something that we we can progress with ourselves at Dartford. I know Dover do the same sort of thing, and and I think this year we I mean we're even stronger at Dartford. I mean Dallas has played seven or eight boys within pre-season, and that's not just the other friendlies. He's played them in, in the actual games, and and we've got boys involved who are, who are still part of the academy that are actually in the first team right now, which is brilliant to see. And obviously other graduates like Sam Adaldo and and things like that who are, who are playing week in week out as well, which is great to see. You can benefit that from uh, from Margate. Your connections there, if if you know, if Dartford want to loan them out, is Margate one of the first um, port of calls they go to? I mean, it's, it's definitely it's one where I try and push for it because it is one of them. Sometimes we loan players out in the academy, and you send them to a manager, and they learn a different style that probably doesn't suit them, or their their management style isn't ready for what that player is ready for. Which don't get me wrong, people can can do whatever they've got to do, but. Young lads these days sort of need some some different care. One one can have the sort of hard love and and get treated in one way, whereas another needs constant confidence. So it's um it's definitely something that that can work because I know what they'll be like. I know what we can bring in. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong. Over the last two years, I think we've probably had three or four on loan each year, um, and it has so far been a massive benefit. If we if we look at Sam Adaldo, he he came in um, for for two months to finish the season at Margate did his first sort of proper stint of first team football and the, the plan isn't just to, to benefit Margate at all that was to benefit him at Dartford Football Club and, and it's been brilliant because he then came back last year and played a full season of football so that's that's where we've got to look and do you know what Dallas has been brilliant with that obviously the connection with Tony Berman as well where he knows the players he knows myself so it does work really well and it can work well but at the same time 
I think the easiest thing is I know they're still a Dartford Football Club player. Um, rather, when you do send them to other places, they might try and take a bit of control themselves. So it's it's got it's got definitely got a lot of benefits to it. Looking at you, you mentioned about experience in the team. You seem to have a, a good spine. Still looking for a keeper. I see a keeper you got in the summer. He left on Friday. Any news on the goalkeeper front? Um, we've we've agreed a goalkeeper. Mm. Um, I, I won't say one hundred percent yet until the the papers are signed. Um, but we've we've agreed something with a goalkeeper and. I'm hoping for that to be signed tonight. It's someone that I've been chasing um, all off-season, to be honest. He was our number one priority. It didn't happen, went elsewhere. Then nearly could have happened, but by that time we'd signed Damien and obviously we wanted to give Damien the chance. And, and to be fair to Damien, he's, he's, we, we gave him a lot of opportunities. He had some good games. He was a brilliant lad, um, but it just sometimes doesn't quite work out, um, which is, is one of them. But I'm sure he'll kick on. I'm sure he'll, he'll come back at him. And, and we said to him, hopefully in the next couple of years he gets that game time that he, he deserves and warrants and, and he can start sort of telling and showing everyone how good of a goalkeeper he could be Yeah looking on you know paper your squad you look like a side who's got goals in them um, Corley Roberts Ratty who's been around what's the expectation would you say for Margate this year? It's difficult because I, I personally believe it's one of the most sort of performing squads that we've, we've had since I've been in um, obviously Jay had us really well organised two years ago and we, and we, we ended up finishing eighth, uh, which was a brilliant season. We got to a cup final as well. Last year, things didn't quite work out uh, the way we would have wanted. Um, and this year, I feel like we are we are where we're at and I think we've got a really good team. But then the, the harsh reality is you then look at the division that we're playing in this year. Um, we lost a few teams last year that were good teams in themselves. But I think at a time, you'd like to try and go there and, and hope for the three points. Whereas this year, the teams that have come up and uh, teams that have come down are, are all very strong teams. Um, and I'm not sure there's there's many games this season where you look at and go, that's, that's, a, that's a definite three to six pointer if we can get them home and away. Um, so it's, it's going to be very competitive. I think our, our ambition is to just do as well as we can and, and get towards the top half of the table and be within the top half of the table, pushing as close as we can to the last day of the season. Um, but we're also quite realistic in ourselves. We know what we're competing with this year. Um, in your first few games, I see it. So, your first few games, why talk at home on Saturday promoted, then Hornchurch, then Concord, yep. who went down, Cheswick went down, then you finish August with a bank holiday uh, derby against Folkestone. So, exactly. you're going in freak first, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's not the easiest to start. But again, that's when I actually looked at the, all the fixtures, I don't, like I said, I don't think there's many games where you go, right, this is the one we really need and one we really want. Um, and even with last year, we, we went away to Hornchurch, 2 0 down at half time, we won 3 2. So, there's going to be shock results and hopefully we're the team that can start producing with that. Um, but yeah, like we said, there's, there's teams that are on the rise coming and giving us a game, first game, we're going to be up for this division and there's teams that are on the way down that probably want to get back out of this division again and get back to where they've been. So um, we're, we're looking forward to it. We're going, to, we're going to compete in each game. We're going to plan for each game in, in different ways. But it's, it's something like we said at the beginning, we, we need the season to start now. We're, we're looking forward to the first game of the season. You personally, well, well, you're an old man in a younger squad, or sort of thing. You still playing, still enjoying it? Yeah, well, I think I think I was I was the oldest man last year, and then we brought in Yasika Singh. Um, <laughs> I think I'm the second I'm the second oldest now. With with bringing in Tyrone Sterling, so I've got to find a few more older boys. <laughs> Actually, no third because Steve Cordy's older than me as well. Um, so we've managed to find a few older boys. But that, I mean, the truth is, you, you you need a few of them because of the experience side of things. When you when you do go to Hornchurch away. Um, and then you need the fresh legs, the young, the young, hungry boys to to compete in other games as well. Um, but no, I feel absolutely fine. I actually 
surprisingly, last two seasons have played 104 games, done 52 games both seasons um, for Margate. So I, I'm hoping that doesn't stop. Um, I'm, I, I want to continue with that. I want to continue playing in every game and, and trying to get the goal tally up again and, and just keep creating chances for the team. That's, that's what I'm there for on the pitch. And then obviously on the training day, I'm there to try and help us progress as a team um, on the coaching field. As a club, Margate, on the up, still work going in to get the new changing rooms. Um, off the field, they seem to be going in the right direction if they can get the work done. Yeah, we're going, it's, we're going in the right direction, that's for sure. Um, I've, I've seen the progression in the last two years. Um, obviously, it's not all going to happen at 100 miles an hour, which some people want. Um, the club has been sustainable, um, and it's, it, we're in a position at the moment where, like we said, we've got new change rooms, we've got the tunnels, all seems like a better feel in, in that department. We've got a few new players in. We've, we've managed to get a striker in with the, the quality of Steve Corley. Um, who's obviously always been standards above, getting goals, linking up really well in their knees. Had a brilliant start to pre-season and, and we look like we were going to have a different dynamic to the way we play as well this season. So it's, everything's on the way up. Um, and obviously, it's one thing as well, like us and, and the board and things, we're, we're putting things to each other to, to keep progressing because there's a lot of clubs that are going for things, uh, a lot of clubs that are going in the right direction and, and at the end of the day, we, we want everything that's best for the club. So we want the club to continue going in the right direction. I could chat that one, Matt, and I think the most important thing for Margate is they have a season with no upheaval on or off the pitch. Yeah, Margate have been one of the sides that have stabilised, haven't really gone up, haven't really gone down over the last few years, but you know, still various issues off the pitch. I don't, you know, I asked them about the changing rooms. I presume they're getting close. Still doing, you know, living in the area. You know, Ramsgate do a great bit in the community, but Margate are doing stuff well. The, Players came to my local library last week. I think it was big in the women's game. So I think for out of all our clubs, John, probably you want Margate to do quite well because we haven't really, in the seven years we've had it this, apart from that season when they had loads of money, have, they haven't really done much at all compared to everybody else, have they? No, so they've never really recovered from the Bob Lasley era, really, which was, funny enough, that was how you and I met, wasn't it, covering yeah. uh, Bob has it, Margate. That was the, the. I remember the first day of the season. You had some shocking pink shorts on when they played. Sure, we still got mate. Yeah, and uh, but that was where Matt and I actually met. And then that season started off okay, and then tailed off, and they only just stayed up. And then the next season uh, was absolutely dismal. Um, and I, I, I always say, and it's partly tongue in cheek, that Margate are the only team in Kent who've managed to put a three G pitch down and cut, become worse. Um, but you know that they, they have been mismanaged off the pitch for, for a few years. But it looks like now they've got people in um, who have got everything sort of on a level footing and everything's going to be going in the right direction from, from that point of view. So I'm hoping that, you know, they can have a stability. I think, you know, you listen to Ben Greenhall there. I think he was being realistic. And, and I think Margaret is saying probably isn't to win the league this season. And I think, you know, if you look at that division and the teams that are in it, there are some ridiculously strong sides. I mean, you can't look past Hornchurch, who came close last year, spent a lot of money last year, and then went and got the former Cardiff manager to come in. Um, you know, so I think when I was writing this the, the bit about this last night, I, I was almost like every team in this division has got a different ambition. And I think for me, a good season for Margate is finishing in the top 10 having a decent cup run um, in any of the competitions. I mean, obviously they did great to win the Kent Senior Cup last year uh, and just, you know, and bringing the feel-good factor back and there not being any stress and the supporters being happy. And I think, actually, if, if they win more games than they lose, I think that'll be a good season for Margate. And then maybe 
maybe next summer they can really start to build. I mean, that's, and, and that's an incredibly negative way to look at it before they've been kicked a ball this season. But I just think that stability is what they need most this season. Yeah, I, I think Reese Prestige, Ben Greenhouse speaks very well, very well con- connected in the game. Um, so they've got to say, they've got that spine of the team. Again, he did mention to me afterwards who the goalkeeper was. I don't know if they've announced it yet, so we may not say who it is, but decent goalkeeper at this level if he's come in. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they'll be OK. I, I don't think they've got enough in the tank to to maybe look for the playoffs. But as you said, just have a good season, have a cup run. One of the youngsters they've got coming through, which are quite good, they have a good season. Maybe other, you know, they get moved into a football league. Just a, yeah, you know, I know you go on those Margate forums, but they they, they do, you know, like every club, so some of the fans aren't particularly happy at times, are they? No, they're, they're not. And, and, I, and I feel like uh, sometimes, you know, expectations from supporters can be high. But I think, you know, the Margate fans were sold a dream. I know, I know it was 10 years ago now, but they were sold a dream. And I don't think 10 years ago they would have envisaged that they'd be where they are. Um, and, you know, we're going to be hearing from Ramsgate later on in the show. And I, I think they, there is a little bit of, oh, we're worried about them coming up and, 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 and being at the same level as us again. And, and you know, 20 years ago, Margate were a, a National League team or conference as it was then, you know. So they, they, there is the potential there. And, and that's the big thing for Margate is there is that potential, but it's just tapping into it. And as I say, just having no messing about this year, just keeping everything on, on a firm footing, uh, getting through the season with the majority of the squad intact, the management team intact, and the chairman intact, and I think that's the the biggest thing they can do. Yeah, yeah, I think I think um, yeah, I think Reese Prestige did a decent job winning the cup as well. It's given them a little bit of optimism. They lost a few players. Players have gone to higher levels, so clearly they they're doing things in the right direction. Brought some. They, they look like a side who's got a lot of goals in them to me. Defensively, they could be caught out, but. The strikers they've got, Ratty, Steve Corley should score a lot of goals at this level. I think it will be entertaining at Margate. And I think they've got enough to 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 be top 10, but I can't see him pushing on from there. I hope we've proved on, but what you, what you want to see is the is the changing rooms finished, the ground tarted up a little bit, and a little bit of optimism at Margate. They'd absolutely love a cup run and things like that. So, yeah, they've got, like every club, they're going it with optimism. But again, as you said, just a, a standard season, Nothing too, you know, nothing too exciting off the pitch. Make the excitement on the pitch for once. Yeah, and of course you mentioned Ratty and you mentioned Corley, but you didn't actually mention uh, the man himself there. Ben Greeno is still an oh. excellent footballer who, who, you know, any team possibly in the level above would be quite glad to have him on board. And I think having him there is, is, is a real asset, isn't it? Because, you know, people know of Ben, especially if they watched the programme on Sky a few years ago. You know, he's a, he's a name in, in Kent non-league football. Uh, he's got those great links with being at the Dartford Academy as well. And most importantly, uh, he's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, still a lovely player at this level. Lovely feet. Again, key player for them. You know, as he mentioned, he played 52 games last season. He'll have to play 52 more games um, um, for the most important thing as well, to get them right, get him in. You know, he's their playmaker who makes them tick on the pitch. So it's important that he plays game, but he's fit. So, yeah, probably their their key player and the, the player the fans love. So, yeah. And I'm sure in years to come, John, that Bryn Greenow will continue to be a name in Kent football because he does a good job at the academy. Um, I'm sure at one point he'll take that on to a higher level, but still a key player for Margate. If, if Margate have a good season, he'll have a good season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gates start at home to Whitehawk on Saturday. Uh, when Cray Wanderers travel to Lewis, Chatham are at home to Bogan Regis in their first game after promotion. 
Folkestone travel to Wingate and Finchley. There's also a full midweek programme too with the Kent Derby as well. Uh, Folkestone take on Chatham. Margate go to Hornchurch, those two on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday night, Clay Warners are at home to Horsham. Uh, what do you make of that division, Matt, and the chances for, for the rest of our quartet? Well, I have to say, John, Margate start the season in the relegation zone because there's a lot of teams to A, um, a to L in this division. Now, if you like your job, if you like your um, alphabet, so Margate are in 19th place. So there's a lot of teams before them. So useless fact of the day is that one. Um, yeah, Folkestone, I think, uh, interesting to see how they got on first full season with the joint management. Kept a majority of their squad, brought a few youngsters in. And they've got David been, Smith yeah. back as well, haven't they? So, so Yeah, David Smith brought him back. Well, we haven't really talked about Folkestone because they've been um, new investors coming in. I think they paid a fee for David Smith. So I know they had that money for Yusuf, didn't they? That came in from, was it Hornchurch he went to? Yeah, it was Hornchurch, wasn't it? So yeah. coming in, so they utilised that. David Smith, seems to be that Folkestone players go off, doesn't really work out for them, comes back and then they're successful again. So it's a good home for, for them from there. So I think they'll be, that should be okay. Chatham, don't lose football matches, particularly at home. I think they probably think they can really look over the playoffs. They've had players playing in a different should have been playing at this level probably the last couple of seasons so I don't think it will be a too sh- much of a shock for them and I, I, I'm sure they'll be thinking let's carry on the optimism and Cray Wanderers Neil Smith had a great season last year missed out on the playoffs and they think they'll go again so a, quite a competitive league this year you've got the likes of Hashtag United who may unfortunately we don't really want to go any higher do we but yeah a tight division I wouldn't say who's going to win it but I would say that all our Kent sides will be competitive I've got no worries about any of them going down. No, I, I certainly fancy uh, Cray Wanderers to be right up there as well. As you say about Chatham, it's, it's, um, we'll be probably talking about it later on, but the Ebbsfleet effect a little bit. They've been uh, there to be attacked the last couple of years because they've been the favourites. They won't be the favourites this year, but they've still got a lot of players who will do a lot of damage at that level. And, and I'm sure that it's going to be another good season uh, for the Chats uh, going ahead. And Folkestone, you know, they've kept, they've got stability as well with those two uh, who have been around the club for a long time anyway. And, and with the new investment as well, you know, I think it's easy to, to look and maybe want to write them off, but I can easily see them troubling the playoffs. Well, Folkestone off the pitch have been good over the last couple of years. Um, maybe a bit opposite to, to Margate. Let's write. Let's see if they can do it on the pitch. Always in and about it. They'd love National League South football, Folkestone. So, um, yeah, I, 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 it should, again, competitive Isthmian League this season, John, I would have thought, from top to bottom. Could be, it should be a good one. Absolutely. Well, we're not going to travel too far uh, for our next interview as we head down one league and just a few miles down the road from Margate to Ramsgate. After losing out the playoff semi-finals to Hyde, Jamie Coyle moved on from Southwood. And the man charged with replacing him is Ben Smith, the former Canterbury and Herm Bay boss. It's virtually a brand new squad for the Rams. And the icing on the cake was the capture confirmed on Sunday of Joe Taylor. Uh, you'll hear Ben talking about that move later in the interview. Uh, but I started by asking if he was ready for the big kickoff. Yeah, well, you, you never know, do um, I feel like the, the pre-season has dragged. It's been, you know, quite a long, long drawn out process, um, if I'm going to be honest. Obviously, I didn't, I didn't organise the, friend, the friendlies. We've had obviously a couple of teams pull out on us. Um, I think we played our under-23s two or three times. Um, so it's not been, I wouldn't say it's been ideal preparation, especially for a side that, you know, we've, we retained three players from last year. Um, and then obviously 
one we've we've recently sold. Um, so we've got two players left from from last season. So it's a complete new setup. Um, so really, you, you would have I would have liked um, a lot more um, sort of higher quality friendlies. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure other people have had similar issues. So yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> we'll find out on Saturday where where we're currently at. Um, but it's a you know it's uh, people. You know, Seems to put a lot on that first game. You can't win the league on the first game. You can't lose it on the first game. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's one of thirty-eight, and we've, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find out where we're at, which is good. As a manager, has it been frustrating that other teams have already started their season two weeks before you get going? I, I guess you're, you're itching to get going. Yeah, it's, it's quite weird, really. You'd have thought they'd just start all the all the games on the same day. Um, but yeah, it seems like every league sort of you know, just been uh, drip fed into it. Um, but again, is what it is. I can't control that, um, you know. But I, I do think we've uh, we've kind of we've gone through the sort of pre-season itis um, over the last few weeks, and it's you know it's got to a stage where it's like right. Well, we know now we've got you know four sessions left before we start. The three sessions left. You know now we're down to to two sessions before we uh, before we start on Saturday. So. You know that that's been quite nice having that little countdown, um, and the players have kind of matched that with with their levels of intensity um, building up towards it. What was it that tempted you to take the Ramsgate job in, at the start of the summer? Um, the community aspect, obviously, I work in the, in the local area. Um, you know, I've watched what they've done from afar. It's been fantastic. Um, all it needs now is, is a promotion. Uh, it's a massive club. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those where you, you, you want to go in there and sort of exercise the ghost of Jim Walls. Um, you know, 20 odd years ago, he had that, you know, their famous side. Um, but, it's, you know, it's time to try and write a new history. Um, you know, they've been close recently. Um, but yes, uh, let's, let's see if I can get them any closer. You know, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough job. Um, Getting promoted is, is tough. It's not easy. Um, you know, a lot, an awful lot goes on behind the scenes to, for that to happen. So, you know, we're no, by no means expecting to get promoted. Um, but, you know, I feel like we've put a good squad of players together. You know, it's got that element of youth as well in there um, and experience. So I feel like we've, yeah, I feel like we've done a good job over pre-season. If you'd said to me at the start, we'd get this squad of players together, I might not have believed you. So we've done something right so far. Obviously, two years ago when we started the season in this league, you ended up getting promoted through it. Do you think that you're in a better place now than Herne Bay were at this time two seasons ago? 100%. Um, but the league moves on. So as much as I say that, and I think, well, the squad is, is better. Um, you know, the infrastructure is better. You know, off the pitch, it's obviously a hell of a lot more stable. Um you know, but you know, other clubs um, pop up, don't they? Um, other clubs have had two or three years since then to sort of develop and get to a stage where they can compete for promotion. So, <clears throat> as much as you know, I'm I'm quite bullish and outright in terms of off forthright in terms of we're here to get promoted. Um, you know, a lot of people see that as arrogance. That's just being honest, um, in my opinion. Um, I've got nothing to be arrogant about. Um, but I will be honest and I will say that, you know, that is our aim. But it's also probably eight other clubs' aims. Um, it's just some people 
prefer not to say it. Uh, and that's each to their own, I guess. Is, is it tough one that, you know, I think a lot of people are looking and thinking the Ramsgate are going to be among the favourites. Does that make it harder for you? Um, well, the thing is, is straight away people go, you know, Ramsgate, oh, they're throwing money at you. I've got a good budget, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that I've got a good budget. But I've been at clubs where I've had no budget. I've been at clubs where, you know, the players haven't got paid for five weeks. I deserve a good budget. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to dress it up any other way. I think I deserve a good budget. Ramsgate have, as a club, you know, when I know when James took over, you know, they were, they were getting rid of players because they had no money there. Um, you know, so what he's done off the pitch, etc. you know, the club deserves to be in a position where it can bring, you know, top players into the club. Um, because it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like, you know, the chairman's come in and gone, right, there's all my, you know, I'm going to put my wealth into it. He's not done that at all. Um, you know, it's, it's been built over the last few years, um, the infrastructure of the club um, and, you know, the stuff they're doing in the, in the, and in the like the half terms, the you know the half programs, all of that, and the community work with seventy eight youth teams, all of that culminates, um, you know, if you like, to to building a club that now can, can push for promotion. Um, so yeah, so people will from the outside will go, oh, you know, he's under pressure, and I've seen it on social media. That's not pressure. Pressure is trying to keep a club in a league with no money, or pressure is you know me trying to, you know, pay the players because the players have been paid and all that sort of stuff. That's pressure. This is enjoyable. This is this is exciting. And, I, you know, I don't see it any other way, really. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Ramsgate and James have built the right way, haven't they? Because you, you see teams that just come in and chuck money at it. But actually, Ramsgate have built a whole club. And I guess that's, you know, the first... We've had James on the show and he says the first team is just a part of what we're doing. And that's massive, isn't it? Well, I speak to James, yeah, I mean, I must speak to James two or three hours a day, and that is no lie to you. Um, and I would say 25% of that is the first team, and the rest of it is the 23s. It's the, oh, there's an amazing player at under 16. Um, you know, oh, we've, you know, we've got helicopter rides going out on the half programme, and, you know, talking about risk assessments for that. It's like there's so much more to Ramsgate Football Club than its first team. Um, obviously, it needs the first team to go up because then it raises aspirations of everyone else beneath it. Um, but, you know, if James was to walk away tomorrow, the budget's there, the club's sustainable. Like, it's nice to be in a position where, you know, we're not reliant on one person putting his, you know, hand in his pocket. Um, obviously, talk about player signings, you've had a lot of uh, ins and outs, and I think a few eyebrows were raised when Rowan Lieberg moved on last week. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit as well in a moment. Um, but then you went and Joe Taylor came in at the weekend. And, and I know it's a team game. And I know you're going to say, I've got lots of good players. But the guy got 37 goals in the league above last season. Uh, he's a local to the area. A, a brilliant coup for the club. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's massive. Um, obviously, you've you've been around the local area, so you know kind of what his name brings in this area. Um, you know, the, the level of interest in the club has just gone up. Um, I'm not going to say it's doubled, but it's certainly gone up an awful lot. Um, you know, the, the, probably the supporters of old are now like desperate to come and watch. We, you know, we've got supporters from other local clubs saying, right, we're coming to Ramsgate. Where do I get a season ticket? Um, so, yeah, it's fantastic for those, you know, those, those people that are a little bit more nostalgic and remember Joe when he was at the club. 
as you know, as a seventeen-year-old, eighteen-year-old, um, and he's, you know, he said it himself. He's had his best, obviously, he's had his best years away from the Fanet-based clubs. You know, he went away from Fanet, and then suddenly, you know, exploded. Um, and he's coming. He didn't want to come back when you know he was past it. He's come back at his peak, in my opinion, um, and that's that's a real exciting thing for for the people of Fanet. That you know, football people of Fanet, and also obviously, you know, specifically for us at Ramsgate. Um, but that was a yeah, just it was a real sort of um, yeah, real strange situation how it unfolded and. You know, and a day later we're playing Lewis. It was, it was, yeah, quite surreal and quite strange. We didn't expect it to happen. Uh, it just kind of happened, and we had an opportunity, which, as I've said before to people, that you know, there would have been ten or fifteen clubs that would have paid him more money to to, to take him, um, and there would have been a long, long queue. We were the ones that were in the position. Uh, I've tried signing him before. So was James. Obviously, he's a Ramsgate boy. He, you know, wants to be closer to home with his family. So timing is everything in football, and the timing on this one has, has really worked in our favour. Uh, he goes for Seven Oaks on Saturday, and, and as I just said, Rowan Lyburn, he's gonna he's probably going to be up for it against you. So it's almost a battle of the strikers, one that you used to have and one that you've now got. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's one of those, look, um, you know, was Rowan wasn't necessarily linked to the, the Joe Taylor move because we didn't know that Joe Taylor would have been available. Um, you know, he was under contract at Lewis, Um and it was only a couple of days before we, we played Lewis that we heard that there could be movement there. Um, so I'm not going to sort of link the two together and play them off against each other. Um, obviously, I inherited Rowan. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't think we'd be able to get the best out of him. Um, you know, Seven Oaks have paid us a fee for him. They obviously think that, you know, they can they can get more out of him than, than we did. Um, you know, but what I would say is, yeah, he, he's kind of took it like a pro. Um you know, was a really nice lad. Just sometimes it, it's not a good fit. Um, and on this occasion, I, we didn't really think it would be the best fit. Um, so we wish him all the best. You know, there's no ill feeling there at all. It'll be a tough, tough start at Seven Oaks on Saturday because, you know, Harry's done really well there and, and they're going to be there or thereabouts as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they, they, I would say they underperformed last year. I don't think I'm speaking out of term when I say that. You know, they were sort of before a ball was kicked. Um, you know, I sort of remember it quite clearly. They were all over social media. They were the ones that were the favourites. Um, but you know, sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. You know, football isn't played on paper, is it? Um, you know, what, what what I do know is that they'll play good football. They'll be w- very well coached. Obviously, they're, you know, they're, they're good coaches down there. Um, so it is a yeah, it's a tough, tough game to start the season. Um, but the lights to have been at home, but. That's what it is. You got to play. You got to play everyone anyway. Um, and you know, as I've said, it's one game of thirty-eight. You know, we're not going to win the league on Saturday. We go down there and beat them. You know, it's, it's great. It'd be great to get a, get a win to start with, but it's it's irrelevant in the, the the bigger scheme of things, really. And just finally, I suppose it's going to be a, a great season. It looks to me like there's going to be a lot of Kent clubs <laughs> in and around the top of this, and it makes it exciting for for the whole county, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. As I said, there's you know probably. You know, the way I'm looking at it, there's probably seven or eight teams there, but then there's always a surprise package as well. You know, you look at Hyatt last year, no one gave them a, a prayer of getting the playoffs, and suddenly they, they snuck in there. Um, 
So, yeah, we, we face, you know, seven or eight teams that are going for it, but there'll be one that pops out that you, you didn't expect. Um, and obviously, you know, our, I think we've got good, a good, uh, good knowledge of this, this level, but you never know the teams in Sussex. Um, you know, you never know they might pull out a rabbit out the hat. I always think Burgess Hill will do well at the start of the year and, you know, they haven't done recently. New manager going in there, they, they could be one that surprised people. Um, but you, you'd expect the Kent sides, it's Sittingbourne, Ashford, um, Cray Valley. You expect those those sides to be up and around it. Um, and you know, it's just just for us, it's uh, you know, can we get off to a good start in them first ten games and, and, and be up there, put ourselves in a good position? Because as I say, it's like after Christmas time. That's when that's when it really the league really takes shape, and um, and you kind of know where you are and. Maybe if you you're looking like you're falling short, you know what you need to do. Oh, that was a bit of a long one, but it was uh, it was very entertaining. Uh, great to see Ben back in the hot seat, Matt. And he was, as always, superbly honest in that chat. They're surely going to be up there again, aren't they? Well, you would have thought the players they've got in um, Joe Taylor. What a really really good signing that is. You would have thought thirty goals plus the high level. He should score there. Ramsgate of I think of interested only kept two of the players. They have been successful the last two seasons. Couldn't get over the line. Have they got the mentality and the quality in the squad to get over the line to win the league this season? Um, I, I think so as well. I think it might be tough at times for Ben because he's got some big, big players in that dressing room. Your Martins, your Hadlers, your Lulls. So, but again, that dressing room will probably manage itself. It's just up for Ben to just little tinker it here and there. So, should be. A, yeah, you cannot. I'll be. I'll be shocked, John, if they're playing the playoffs this this um, season. You would have thought they must be mega favourites to win the division. They look like they've got goals in the team, just a little bit of experience, and then it's just taking that next step. If it goes wrong, we've seen the chairman has had a little bit tricky finger, hasn't he, with the manager? So there's a bit of pressure on Ben there, but I think he knows he probably thrives on the pressure. But interesting season for Ramsgate. Um, I have to say, clearly probably got more money than Margate now. Um, and I think they would love to be the, the premium uh, side in the Thanet area. But again, other teams will raise their game, but you can't see beyond them, I would have thought. The firepower and the quality they've got, you've got to, you've got to tip them for the champions. You, ha- you have. I mean, they've got the, the, they've got the Paxmans as well and Elu at yeah, the yeah. back. And, uh, you oh, know, I, and, and, I, I know Martin Stott... I know Martin struggled last season uh, at Dover, but he's two levels down now. And, and that, mm. you know, he'll have even more time on the ball, I'm sure. And, and I'm sure he'll thrive. And then Joe Taylor, you know, we've, we've had Joe Taylor's been around the county and then he obviously went um, with Tony Russell down to Lewis. He got 37 goals last season for Lewis. Uh, he's a local lad. And as Ben said there, you know, he's, he wanted to come back at his prime. We've got him at his prime and, and he hopefully is going to score goals. And, and, you know, I love the honesty of Ben there because you said um, about pressure, but he said, you know, I, I hold my hands up. I've got a big budget. That's not pressure. And and that's interesting because I think he's, he, that attitude goes on. And Ben has done you know, a brilliant job at Canterbury City, got them to the FA Vars semi-final, and then did an even better job at Herne Bay by getting them promoted. You know, it, he is a very good manager at this level. And I think that actually that's a very shrewd appointment uh, from Ramsgate. And, and I'm sure that they're in for a, a great season. Yeah, when you know, talked about it, you know, he did well to get Herne Bay promoted. And as you said, he's got a, probably a, a much stronger 
quality strod at Ramsgate. So if he can use that experience he's had at, at home bay when he got through the playoffs, I think they'll be okay. The only thing is there's some big, big players in that dressing room. He's got to manage that, but he's a school teacher. So I think that's how, that's a, that's what a lot of managers at this level are school teachers. I think he knows how to um, man manage people. So it should be an interesting in season. But I would have thought there were other remaining what, 20 teams in this division, 19 teams. They'll be desperate to make sure Ramsgate don't win the league. So they've got to raise themselves at some difficult places. And as we know, it's a Kent-dominated league. It should be uh, some feisty affairs as the season goes on. Yeah, and just fine on that. What Another thing I, I really was impressed with Ben there was when he talked about Rowan Lieberg, because a lot of people would say, you know, oh, well, it happened, he moved on. But he was honest there when he said, I didn't think we could get the best out of him. And and that just kind of shows that Ben is not afraid to make tough decisions because, you know, I'm sure that some Ramsgate fans, when they saw that Rowan Lieberg had left, were a bit kind of, oh, hang on a second. Um, but th- because they've gone out and got Joe Taylor, that's very much softened that blow. But, you know, if Ben felt that, he couldn't get the best out of a player, then it's absolutely the right thing to cut ties, isn't it? Yeah, I quite I like Lieberg. Um Again, I don't think they utilised it particularly well at the back end last season as well, because when I've seen him, if you cross the ball in the box, he'll get on the end of it. But they used him more of a sort of a target man to flick the balls on. And we saw that game against Hyde that I went to when they, when they lost on penalties that you know, it didn't really work out. And he, I think he got taken off near the end as well. So, Good signing for Seven Oaks, you know. You know he will score goals. So, but again, if Joe Taylor was available, we know what Joe Taylor can get. Local lad, um, it probably was a no-brainer. Massive signing for Ramsgate. But I bet Lieber to be in the top top three or four goal scorers in this division, and maybe it'll work better for him at Seven Oaks. Absolutely, and, and as I said, there Seven Oaks against Ramsgate to kick off the season. Two teams who I'm pretty sure will be in the top five come the end of it. The other fixtures uh, this weekend spread out over Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, Broadbridge Heath is the destination for Sheffield United, who, by the looks of it, will be under Ernie Batten for the start of the season. Uh, Herne Bay hosts Burgess Hill Town, Hythe Town at home to East Grinstead. Phoenix Sports, on their return to step four, take on Chichester. It's Sittingbourne against Cray Valley. Uh, and then on Sunday, Irith and Belvedere at home to Ashford and Beckenham head to Littlehampton for a one o'clock kickoff. Um, who else is going to be there or thereabouts then? Matt, I, I think for me, Ramsgate. If you finish above Ramsgate and Seven Oaks, you've probably won the league. Yeah, Seven Oaks Ram should be a good game on that on Saturday. Um, Sittingbourne, well, Ryan Maxwell. I haven't seen if they got into the cup. You'll tell me that in a minute. Um, I, I, I think says, be... uh-uh. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, that's disappointing. Um, again, Herm Bay, Steve Lovell going in. Um, he's picked up a lot of players he had at Ramsgate last season. Um, Ashford, Kevin Watson. I think he's, again, Got some good little good players in, and Hyde Town. If anybody's on a momentum, it's Hyde because. But the pressure's maybe on them as well because, you know, they were the form side from probably about March onwards and just missed out on, on the final day of the season or final game of the season. So, I think a lot of our sides will be thinking they could do as well, Sheppy. If they've got their, sorted their off the field problems out, if the budget's still there, then they missed out on the playoffs on the last day of the season. So. Again, we don't know anything about about, about the um, Sussex sides, but I'd be shocked if the top six, seven are not all Kent sides battling it out. Um, Beckenham as well. We saw them. What a good season. What a good cup run they had last season. Missing out on the, on the last bit of the season as well. So, and again, it's been Premier League will be exciting. It's been South East. 
probably from a Kent point of view, the most exciting league because there's a lot of sides who think they can go on and do well. Didn't even mention Steve McKim uh, back at uh, Cray Valley PM as well. So that's uh, oh, yeah, another yeah. intriguing one as we go along. Uh, Smashing of those teams were in FA Cup action over the weekend alongside our Scaffold Premier Division sides. And by and large, it didn't go too badly. Uh, Irith and Belvedere, big winners as they won 6-0 at Littlehampton. While Seven Oaks also made it through as they beat Lingfield. Uh, Ashford United to a Hollands and Bear 3-0. But Sittingbourne were knocked out. They were held to a 0-0 draw at home by Jersey Bulls on Saturday. Did it all again on Tuesday night back at Woodstock Park. But this time the Channel Islanders were 2-0 winners. Uh, after extra time. Phoenix Sports also knocked out on Saturday with a 2-1 home defeat to Eastbourne United. About 11 scaffold sides have made it through to the preliminary round with three of them doing it in replays on Tuesday night. Uh, that trio were Beersted, who knocked out Wembley, Irith Town, who were 4-0 winners over Hassocks and Stansfeld, who went all the way to penalties before eventually seeing off Sporting Bengal. Saturday's winners were Snodland Town, 4-0 victors at Broadfields, Deal Town, who beat Guildford City 2-0, Faversham saw off Eastbourne Town 3-1, Kellington beat Glee 1-0, Lords would beat Egham 2-1, Lidsoroff, Camberley and VCD 1-2-1 at Sandhurst. Uh, knocked out, though, were Sutton Athletic, who were beaten at Stormsies, AFC Croydon on Sunday, uh, when Wellingtown also bowed out against Cobham. On Saturday, Corinthian lost a thriller 4-3 to Bedfont Sports. Homestead went down to Midhurst and Eastbourne. There were hefty away losses for both Punjab United and Rustle. And Tunbridge Wells conceded two late goals as they let a two-goal half-time lead slip in their defeat to Uxbridge. Uh, if you were counting during that whistle-stop tour, I only mentioned 10 of the teams that are through because the 11th is our final interview of this week's show. A 2-0 win over at Town started the league season for Whitstall and they followed that up with a 5-0 away win at Hayward Heath in the Cup. And earlier on this week, I spoke to Oisman boss Marcel Nemani. Uh, two games in, two wins, no goals conceded. You've got to be happy with the start of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say start of the season. I mean, I think you define start of the season after 10 games, but it's a, it's a good link into the start of the season, yeah. Either Town was a, a tricky-looking game to, to start the campaign, so to win that one, you, you've got to be pleased with that. Almost sets down a little bit of a marker for you. Yeah, absolutely. When the, when the fixtures came out, we saw what our first two opening games were. You know, we were quite... Um, you know, it was quite. You know, we we reckon our straight away is going to be stiff. You know, two teams who are competing. You know, to get into the step four, I think they both could be promotional candidates. So uh, to come away with two clean sheets and score seven goals, you know, on reflection is pleasing. Hayward hey, Heath on Saturday. You know, when I saw that tiles, that that's a, a, a tricky one. They were obviously up in the in the league above last season, um, and then to go there and and win five 0 I mean, that that is a really impressive result. Were you worth, worthy of the win? I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, Hayward's Heath, obviously last year they went down, but if you recall the season before that, you know, they've got a rich history in step four. The season before that, they were in the semi-final of the playoffs. So uh, for us to go there and get the result that we did is very pleasing. And I was even more pleased on uh, on Saturday against Hayward's Heath with the performance. I felt that we were worthy winners, both in possession and off possession. Um, first half certainly wasn't, uh, uh, you know, what, You'd look at that game and think, oh, it would be an easier uh, win, but it certainly wasn't. First half, they were very, very strong. And we just hit them on the counter. And the second half, when we come out in the second half, we got a bit of a lucky break at the third. And I think that killed off their momentum. But yeah, they're a very tough side. They're a very physical side. I know it's. Uh, I know everyone says it's a team game, but Stephen Callender, he's scored so many goals through the town uh, over the last few years. And to get him in and, and see him get a hat-trick on Saturday, that must have been uh, really pleasing. Yeah, of course. Uh, Stedman is a guy, as a player that I've, you know, I've kept an eye on for quite some time. He's always been a, a loyal player, and I like that sort of player. They're the harder ones to get, but once you commit to a loyal player, you know that 
you know, you have stability with those, those character, characters. And um, Stedman has been playing well and scoring during preseason games. So he was never a concern, really. He just didn't score against Irritown. Irritown were very uh, tight and marking, you know, they're very central. So Stedman found it difficult to find space. But on Saturday, he found the spaces and the gaps that you know, he normally finds and he executed the, 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 you know, the opportunities that came his way. I'm sure it's how exactly how to stop him, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. And you move on, you've got Glebe this weekend and then Lordswood on Tuesday. So, you know, the games come thick and fast this time of year, don't they? Yeah, we're excited. If I'm honest with you, we're actually excited. Uh, uh, the end of last season came at the wrong time for us. You know, we, we just picked up a bit of momentum. And uh, so, you know, we've been waiting, long been waiting for the season to start. So, you know, the more games that come our way, the, you know, the better for our perspective. And then the FA Cup, another scaffold team in, in, in VCD. So I guess, you know, it's, it's it's all right to be playing teams at your level, isn't it? And you'd love an FA Cup run, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, our, our town, our community and the club does deserve a bit of break. You know, they've had a tough two or three years in a post-COVID era. So I think uh, we're trying to build a little bit of momentum for the club. You know, we're trying to improve the culture around the club, bring stability and uh, bring a bit of success and, you know, a bit of enthusiasm really helps promote that culture and that momentum that we're trying to build around the club. And uh, we've got, you know, in seven days, three huge games for the club in league and in cup. So um, we'll be preparing for that this week. And then we go on Saturday to Glebe, a tough, tough side. You know, they've recruited a lot of young players, a lot of unknown young players. And I'm always wary of when we play players that we don't know much about. So I think they can be very, very competitive on Saturday. You've obviously won promotion out of this division before when you were at Sheffield United. Where do you think it ranks in terms of difficulty this time around? I mean, obviously, everyone's talking about Faversham, but everyone's also mentioning you in sort of dispatch. Does it kind of help when there's one team that everyone thinks is is the big favourites and, and you're not that team? Does that help in any way? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's not something that we discuss. You know, we, we know what our objectives are. You know, the players know, uh, as a management team, we know as a club, you know, we know what we want out of this season. Uh, we know that how this season fits in our long-term project, which we've set out with uh, with the board. Uh, it's no, you know, there's no hiding from me. You know, we're a big club, and our, our ambition this year is to take one of those playoff spa- uh, spaces as a minimum, and then we'll see where we go from then onwards. But um, in terms of the opposition and you know how this season ranks to other seasons, I think it's very difficult to you know to, to, to judge or to compare. There's a lot of good sides this year. I mean, even the last time we were around, there were good sides. So um, I would say there's about eight to ten sides who've got the potential to land the playoff spot this year. Uh, how have you found life at Whitstable Town? Because obviously it's a, a club that was quite new to you, but as you say, a big club, a club that's um, probably deserve, should be or is well known for being at a level higher. How have you yeah. found your experience there so far? It's a fantastic club. It's a very welcoming club. It's a big community. Um, it's a very passionate community. It's a young board in the sense that they're open-minded and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're keen on improving and changing their ways. So um, I've embraced the, the Whitstable Town Football Club and I feel that they've embraced me and my family. So uh, we've settled in well and we're enjoying our challenge. And uh, yeah, now the next bit is to try and produce what we've all set out to do. What was it 400 on the opening weekend as well? So it shows that, you know, people want to come and get behind the team. And, and you know, Whitstable has always been a well-supported non-league club, hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, if we go back to our last home game, we had seven over over seven hundred and fifty fans there. 
and we had nothing to play for. So the potential is huge. I think that if we continue with our momentum that we're building, if we continue to play the way that we play, and I think that um, if we can manage our disappointments, when we do experience disappointments well, when we will bounce back, I think the potential is greater than what we've been getting 400 and 500. I think we could reach six and 700s. And finally, we've just been uh, watching the Women's World Cup game. I know you've been watching it. Um, as, as a coach, as a manager, do, do you learn things from watching even elite-level women's football? Absolutely. And we'll be, we watch uh, the women's football uh, quite a lot in my household, but also in my school. I'm a teacher, so we're one of our players, one of our ex-students. So we've been talking quite a lot about it. Um uh, yeah, we do. You know, you look at the you know the shape, the way that they work off the board, particularly is what we've been uh, paying attention to. I talk to my coaches quite a lot. We look at you know how, how women apply themselves compared to men, uh, you know, and so on. But yeah, we've been watching it very closely. And it is, I suppose you're just always learning and, and still improving because you're still a young man, aren't you? To, in coaching uh, terms. Yeah, oh, of course. Uh, every opportunity to improve. You know, we were collectively as a management team. We're quite young into our, you know, quite young in terms of our time in non-league football. So we're very passionate still in terms of improving, changing, editing our ways into the football. So, uh, yeah, we're always in a debate of how to make things differently. Another good chat there, Matt, and another team in the scaffold who've, who've got high hopes, and so far they're living up to the billing, aren't they? Yeah, maybe they have got a bit under the radar with all the Faversham um, information that was going on. Uh, big rivals with them. Uh, Fantastic result in the FA Cup, I have to say. Uh, um, yeah, again, another club that had a little bit of heartache getting down to this level, should be probably playing in the level above. But um, they had a, I think they had a poor start last season, didn't they? Um, he came in and has sort of stabilised it now. Knows this level, how he got up with Sheppey. So, quietly confident he could do well. And great to see the gates are going up. So, another club on the up as well. And, Another one that will be will be pretty confident, as he said, eight to ten sides could get in this division. I think it, I think they, along with Deal, will be disappointed that they're not the ones that are chasing Faversham at the top of the table. But yeah, um, again, school teacher again, John, and as we mentioned, another school teacher who manages very very focused of what he wants, and I, I think Wisdomall's a good job, it's a lovely area. As you say, six seven hundred people if you're doing well. Um, the world is their oyster, to put out the pun. Yeah, very good. I, I think that's exactly it. I think, you know, Whitstable probably, out of all of our teams in the scaffold, are probably the biggest club in terms of yeah. they've been up at the levels above. They, they, they were settled at the level above, you know, but they always seem to get good crowds in even when things aren't going so well. And I think that's a, a big thing for them. And, and the people of Whitstable will get behind them. And obviously they've got the 3G pitch down now as well. And in Marcel, they've got a, a, a good young manager and they've got some really good players. You know, they signed so well in the summer and Stedman Callender mentioned there off the mark on Saturday. So got bags fulls of goals for for Town. And so for him to come into Whitstable was a bit of a coup really for Marcel and for the club. And so far it's paying off. And I think, you know, they're in, they're in for a pretty good season, I think. Well, I think they got, I see they play... Um... Favisham on Bank Holiday Monday, you know, if they're both doing well, that could be a nice, tasty uh, uh, crowd there. Yeah, again, Stedman Canada, you know, a name I've heard of before, good hat-trick in the FA Cup. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think another club we mentioned, John, that maybe knew they couldn't, you know, halfway through the season, we're not going to get promoted here. Let's build, let's get the players in, bed them in, 
and then go for it next season. And if they've got a little bit of extra money with the good gates coming in, they can bring players in. Um, not on the same scale as Faversham, but I think that back end of last season has put them in really good position of moving on this season to be successful. So I think I predicted them to do quite well this season and they started well and hope that continues. Yeah, I think in some ways, like you said, they've gone a bit under the radar yeah. in terms of, you know, everyone's talking about Faversham, a lot of people talking about Deal. Not so many people were talking about Whitstable um, at the start of the season, but I think people are starting to talk about them uh, a little bit more. Well, I think uh, the results now. at the back end of last season were pretty good, weren't they? So Yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, carry that momentum on. So, um... And again, the fact that there's playoffs in this division opens it right up, you know, yeah. and, and I think, you know, there's so many teams who have got that, that hope, but I think Whitstable are probably among the ones that have got an expectation that they'll be in the playoffs. So we shall see uh, how it all pans out. Uh, fixtures this weekend, uh, Beerstead against Wellington, it's Corinthian against Faversham, Deal host VCD, Town play their first home league game since their summer move to Bayliss Avenue. They take on Lidtown. Uh, as we just heard, it's Glebe against Whitstable, Hollands of Blair take on Fisher, Punjab United meet Kennington, it's Rustall against Lawswood, Sutton Athletic against Tunbridge Wells. And on Tuesday night, Corinthian take on VCD. It's Hollands and Blair against Beersted, Homestale against Rustall, Stansfeld against Fisher, uh, Sutton against Erith Town, Tunbridge Wells take on Glebe. It's Wellingtown against Punjab United, Whitswell Town against Lordswood. Uh, Wednesday night, Lidtown against Faversham and Snodland Town against Dealtown. Uh, two things I want to bring up from there, Matt. Uh, Corinthian played all of their preseason friendlies at home. Uh, they played their first league game of the season at home. They played their FA Cup game at home. Uh, this weekend, because Faversham's pitch is not ready, that game has been switched, so it's at home. They're also at home in the FA Vars as well. I think it's bank holiday Monday before Michael Golding has to go anywhere other than home. Um, oh, that's unbelievable, isn't it? Oh, uh, very well. And they, anyway, disappointing result in the FA Cup, but again, they're always going to be entertainment. They'd love to bloody the nose of some of the sides in the, in the next two games coming up. So, yeah. Uh, okay, we have, I don't know if you've spoken to Michael Gold, if he's been, how he feels the season will go, but you know he's always keen and hungry. And again, got to make most of your home advances, John. So he knows um, first few league games of the season. If you get some wins on the board, could hold you in good stead when he has to play these away games. Yes, and the other thing, of course, we have to mention uh, in the scaffold is uh, Sammy Moore's sponsor. Yeah. Uh, if you've not seen this, Sammy Moore, the uh, Faversham manager, is proudly sponsored, not just sponsored, proudly sponsored. Uh, by Silk Exotic Gentlemen's Club in Milwaukee. Uh, now that means that uh, it is a basically it's a strip club uh, based in America. Uh, it is Any apparently. Any idea how it's come about? I haven't got a, 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 an idea how it's come about, but Matt, I have uh, selflessly done some research. So Silk <laughs> Exotic Milwaukee is the premier full alcohol gentlemen's club in the Midwest. They feature the most talented, glamorous, and captivated female performers in adult entertainment. Uh, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, if you're ever in the market. Uh, they have lots of special nights as well. So uh, Tuesday is Tito's Tuesday, three lap dances for $60. Um, Wednesday is hump nights. You can get five, $5 Captain Morgan tools, $5 Patron silver shots, $5 Modelo bottles. Uh, Thursday is throwback Thursday, 90s hip hop. Uh, and Friday is couples night with half off all bottles of wine and champagne. Couples get free admission. So if you're ever in the, in the yeah, area if, and you're Mrs. Gerard, Do we get a free drink? Um, well, I hope so. But if you and Mrs. Gerard are over there, you could get in for, for free on a Friday night. So... Um... <laughs> well, I'd say, John, we're proudly sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth. So 
Which yeah. I wouldn't hear that film. I mean, a completely different uh, different ends of the spectrum. They're Sandwich Town Youth FC and a strip club in the Midwest of America. Uh, anyway, the scaffold first division kicked off on Saturday. And if you like goals, I'm pleased to say this little run through will not disappoint you. Uh, Tootsie bet 3 1 winners at Greenways. Matt Day scored a hat trick in Lartfield and New Hyde's 6 3 win over Croydon. K Sports won 5 2 at Meridian VP. Ross United saw Brighton Ropes 1 0. And Tim Marapara got a hat trick as Canterbury hit 7. All in the second half at Sporting Club Thamesmead. Uh, the game between for FC Elmstead and Faversham Strike Force was abandoned late on due to a serious injury to Elmstead's Harry Smith, uh, who's now facing a long layoff due to the due to that injury. And the club have set up a fundraiser for him. We've put it on our socials. Uh, Faversham Strike Force had enjoyed a great week as well, uh, with young Archie Souter being named Young Volunteer of the Year by the FA, collecting his prize from none other than Gareth Southgate. Uh, fixtures throughout the week in that division. Uh, you can find them on the Scaffold website. That just leaves us with the National League. Uh, and, well, we've kept him long enough. Dover came from 2-0 down to earn a draw with Torquay and could even have won it. A big surprise even to you, Matt, but but a promising start for your boys. Don't get carried away. Don't get carried away. Don't get carried away. Um, <laughs> You're going to win the league! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 it was good. We've, we've got a whole brand new team. Um, and, of course, when you're 2-0 down after 18 minutes, and they'd hit the post as well. You're thinking, and my mate, good mate Tom, text me. He was watching it in the fancy boxes. We're going to lose this 6-0. And at that point, you thought, probably, yeah. But we showed a little bit of character, which I put down to Mitch Brundle, who is an excitable character. Who, and I'm sure, um, yeah, he, he, he's a complex but excitable character. And we came back into it and we could have won it. Um, we've got a lot of players who've played at a lower level, but... What I will say, we look like we're going to score goals, which we haven't done for years, which is good. Um, and players were playing for the shirt and players were hungry. So, again, we could do this next week and it's out, Slough 3, Dover Neal, and I'm like, Ugh. but optimism has lasted more than 90 minutes, John. So, optimistic. A good point. Um, Torquay could be the best team in the league, could be the worst team in the league. And some people are saying, well, they took the foot off the gas, but Maybe they shouldn't have done, and we did have chances to win it. So um, everybody walked out of the ground optimistic. Nobody wobbly walked into the ground optimistic. And people said, and as I said, it, we can't get carried away. Got two tough away games now. I'd love to win one of them, but I'll take two draws now just to build the momentum. So um, yeah, it, yeah. I went home, um, and when I told my wife that they'd lost, and they won, they drew. Sorry, because I expected them to lose uh, at least quite heavily she was pleasantly surprised so but don't get carried away don't get carried away so you didn't go i mean you have to kick the dog that's a good start i'll uh, never kick my dog i love my dog too much now. okay good um let's not talk about zuma shall we uh, anyway um yeah. elsewhere in national league south there was a victory for maidstone over slough but dartford were pegged back by 10-man bath ended 3-3 uh, while tommy Angel suffered disappointing late loss at worthing after some questionable refereeing shall we see saw them down to 10 men uh, and Welling's trip to Truro ended in a 5-2 defeat uh, what did you make of those early exchanges Matt particularly was very surprised by the the manner and, and the amount of the defeat for Welling yeah Nigel I spoke to him he said yeah, it's a long old trip down there and yeah you take it on board Truro again another side that used to winning matches it was a tough front start for Welling Welling with a new team but Danny Bloor is a good manager so I think he's probably brought in a lot of players in. I wouldn't panic too much if you're if you're a Welling fan because I think probably going to Truro is probably going to affect a lot of teams down there. I'm up there against Sassley against Hemel for the radio, so be interesting to see what the new look Welling are going to be like. Um, but Welling again, a bit like Margate, some of their fans are going to be a little bit doom and gloom at times. So I think you'll be looking to get 
a good performance and then three points on the board. But yeah, disappointing result going down there. But probably the only bonus probably is they've done true already. They don't have to worry about going back. I think they've got Taunton next week as well. So yeah, they've got a so yeah. Hem will be in a home game. You'd think that would be a positive, but they did beat Yeovil uh, on on Saturday. Uh, the other fixtures on Saturday, two games for, for our side this week. Bath uh, against Maidstone. Dover, as Matt said, go to Sloughs. Tunbridge Angels host Western Supermare. Welling against Hemel Hempstead and Dartford go to Weymouth. So a lot of long trips in there uh, for, for for every team, really. And then on Tuesday night, Braintree against Maidstone. Dartford at home to Hampton and Richmond. Tumbridge Angels against Dover Athletic and it's Welling against Chelmsford. And we've pretty much saved the best till last. Ebbsfleet United, 1-0 uh, win at Rochdale. A brilliant start for Dennis Coutrine's men. I'm sure many of those naysayers about Fleet may well just be sitting up and taking notice now, Matt. Yeah, great result. Lovely goal as well. One of my perfect goals for me. We, we say about Ebbsfleet, um, the lovely football they play, but this is just a near post header, isn't it? From a whipped in corner right up my street. So, good result. I think it was a good time to play Rochdale because... I think you find a lot of these sides who get relegated from the Football League turn up at the National League. Oh, we'll be okay, yeah. But Epsleet, um, you know, their chances Rochdale to be fair, but Epsleet hold out. Very good performance. Um, and I think they'll be uh, using that with, with plenty of confidence. We, we said before, we don't think that um, Epsleet will have any issues this season, but confidence, they can get a good start. Other sides will be looking yeah, in the background. Sooner, but delighted for that. Yeah, Bromley, though, beating 2-0 at Halifax. Not an ideal start for them. They've got another tough one on Saturday. They host Barnet. That one's a televised game Saturday evening. Uh, Fleet at home to Solihull Moors. And Tuesday night's doubleheader sees the Ravens host Wheelstone. And Ebsleet welcome another of Matt's all-time favourites. All the shots. Um, but, yeah, it's a, a great start. And now we're here with the Eastman League kicking off on Saturday as well. Finally, all of the football's back. Still my favourite time of the year. Still optimism left, right and centre. And we've had a great start, haven't we? It's been really exciting, hasn't it? We've done really well in the FA Cup. Haven't lost too many teams. Um, Scaffolds hasn't disappointed. I still think that it's been South East is going to be fantastic this season. So um, for for our sides, that's one to look out for. But yeah, now it fully fully goes on on the 12th of um, August. The season is underway. There's going to be some ups and downs for some of those sides. But like everybody else, optimism. I don't think, John... Maybe well in the only one. Out of all the time teams that have started either this week or a couple of weeks ago, everybody's probably quite optimistic. They've had so many good results. Only Welling are probably thinking, oh, would you say? Well, I'm sure Sporting Club Sensory didn't enjoy that 7 0 home defeat, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, arguably, yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> you see where I'm coming from. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of sides would be pleased how the season goes on. By the end of August, you know, Dover could lose the next three and on. Thinking, oh my God, I was right all along. But but on the flip side, Matt, you can already look at it now. Dover have already got more points than they had two years ago. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yes, that is a good point. Yeah. So, there you go. Go. but yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Now everybody's underway. We'll know a little bit more because we've said all about this. Oh, Rams are going to do this. Hyde are going to do that. Could could be all out the window because we don't know the um, uh, how, how things are going to go. There might be teams that shock us, and that's the beauty of Kentucky League football. No, who would have said who would have said that Hyde last season would have got in the playoffs? Not me. Can they do it again? Looking forward to finding. Uh, very quickly, as I've got a train to catch. Uh, we, uh, what have you been uh, watching? Anything, anything good apart from obviously seeing me on the telly? Uh, on uh, I did see you on the telly. Nice shirt. Um, uh, Thank you. We, we, I did watch a film with The Rock. The kids love The Rock called Skyscraper. Don't you've ever seen it? Completely unrealistic. 
but it had you others on the seat of our pants. So how's he going to get out of that? Um, what no, apart from I went out last night, so I didn't watch anything on the telly. Not, not really, because we're getting so excited for our holiday. You don't want to start watching programs and you forget about um, from there. But Murder is in the building. He's back on Disney on Disney Plus, I think it is. Yeah, which is one of my favourite programs. So I'll try and watch a few bits of that. But otherwise, John, looking at clubs, YouTube sites, seeing them, some our Kent sides in action. The beauty of that, you can see goals, goals, goals on there. So uh, if you do miss a game or we mentioned something, likely that it'll be on a YouTube site so you can see some goals. So, Absolutely. And uh, Cyprus is it your own too, isn't it? Cyprus, yeah, um, are, are on the weekend. So... Um, I mean, I'm not jealous. No, but everybody says Cyprus, they've never been, but it's going to be hot. So it will be 34 degrees. So um, I'll be coming back, hopefully, with a nice tan sitting by the pool. Yeah, we were, there, we were the other but, side of the island in February and we absolutely loved it. So, yeah, uh, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, looking forward, yeah, looking, nice to get away from a break. For first time the kids would have been abroad since um, uh, COVID. Of course, I've been abroad before, so um, we'll make oh, yes. the most of that. Yes. Uh, right. Well, you can find us on uh, social media. Oh, there's so many of them now. X or Twitter or Elon Musk, whatever you want to call it. Um, you can find us on there at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast, search for Kent Only Football Chat. Get involved in that. We're on Instagram as well, Kent Only Podcast. And we're on uh, Threads, I think. I don't know. There's so many of them. I'm at JohnPips81 on Twitter anyway. And Matt's at Matthew underscore Gerard. But he's not using it anymore, so don't worry too much uh, about all of that nonsense. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks to all three of our guests for their time. Uh, thanks, of course, to Matt for giving us lunch hour. And do you know what, mate? Even though I'm really jealous, I hope you have a really nice holiday. Appreciate that. Look forward to it. I'll, um, well, I don't think we send any postcards these days. I'll send you a WhatsApp because that's going to be the new postcard. Absolutely. Don't send me a TikTok, though, because I won't see it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> all that remains to say is thank you everybody for listening uh, to this week's show. And we'll speak to you next week on the Kent Honey Podcast. Good luck for the rest of our teams who start this week. And let's prove me wrong with my predictions. I've said earlier in the pot. I thought you were going to say something in Cypriot then. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I've got no idea what that is. Hello, mate. Yamas. Hello, mate. Yamas. 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 That's all you need. Yamas. Right. Cheers. Yamas.